You are listening to Ask Alice, a podcast that explores the issues and challenges teenagers face on a daily basis. Hosted by Alice Chernock, a licensed professional counselor in Birmingham, Alabama. Ask Alice is part of the Rooted family of podcasts, which also includes All About Boys, Thanos to Theos, and the Rooted Youth Ministry podcast. To learn more about Rooted, please visit www.rootedministry.com. Here's your host, Alice Chernock. Good morning, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Ask Alice. I'm thrilled to be with you today, and I have to say that of all of the interviews that I have had the opportunity to do on this show, today is the interview that I am most looking forward to. We are going to do a special Father's Day episode with my very own father, Langston Haygood. Now, for many of you know Dr. Haygood. Dr. Haygood started the counseling center where I work, and he has been a pastor for many, many, many years. But more than that, he is the dad of three, I like to think, amazing daughters. So for all you dads out there who have some questions about daughters, this is the episode for you. I'm going to dive right in, Dad, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Alice. It's just great to be here and to have the privilege and the opportunity to be interviewed by Precious. (laughs) Thank you, Daddy. So my first question for you is this. Daughters need a lot of things in the world, but what do you think that daughters need the most of from their dad? Well, the quick answer, of course, is love. Um, But I think uh, it goes beyond that to include things like uh, self-image, self-esteem, affirmation, confidence, uh, a sense of security, of belonging, so that um, they mature with a level of confidence for themselves where they can make their own decisions and have their own lives as well. Well, let me tap right into that then, because you kind of opened a can of worms with a lot of different topics like confidence and self-image and things like that. How does a dad go about helping instill those things into a daughter, into a daughter in particular, not just a child, but a daughter? There are a lot of different uh, avenues that one could use, and not that I was perfect or even used all those avenues or opportunities, but there are certain things I think that are essential. For example, uh, providing security, significance, um, sensuality. By sensuality, I don't mean uh, sexual orientation, but I mean um, convenience and comfort so that there are certain needs that are met. Uh, I think that there are four tasks that a child has to work through, uh, including identification and exploration and identity and then confidence. And usually they work through those by the age of six so that by so after six, you're just kind of screwed? Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, after six, though, 
actually, you have a redo. Uh, the redo is from um, 7 to approximately 9 or 11, where you have an opportunity to reinforce what you have been teaching and what you've developed uh, uh, previous to that when a child is age six. Usually at age six, a child has developed certain image of themselves and how they're going to get their needs met. And when they develop that image, they carry that on through. If some kind of crisis takes place, then the image will be challenged or compromised in some way. And it's very important for the dad's relationship because in some ways a daughter gets her sense of self, her self-confidence, her self-image, as well as her self-esteem from her father relationship that's not disparaging or minimizing the impact of motherhood because motherhood is especially important in the early stages especially in attachment uh, but then in exploration and identity and thereafter it becomes even more important for dad to be involved why do you think that is I think normally uh, girls um, have a sense of wanting to belong I think all children have an essence. Their essence and their nature is wanting to belong. And I think having the um, compulsion to belong in their relationship with their dad is very important because he represents in some ways, not that he is a God figure, yeah. but in some ways he is. Um, and so... I think that aspect uh, filters into their relationship. Yeah, I can see that too. And just from the work that I have done with teenage girls and, and seeing the importance of having a male figure in their lives, my, my experience has been that if a daughter does not have a real strong relationship with her dad or another male presence. It can be a youth director or an uncle or even a brother that a lot of times she will tend to look for those relationships outside of the home and outside of places where um, are secure for herself and, and healthy relationships. Have you noticed that too? Yes, I think that that's true. And uh, well, two things. One is, uh, this was several decades ago, 35% of girls, daughters, as well as children, will wake up in the morning in a home where their uh, biological father does not live. Correct. Uh, but also, the, uh, the sense that a father brings into the family is so, uh, it's oriented toward leadership and affirmation that it means a lot to um, particularly a daughter and it depends on how he develops that relationship because um, daughters like all females mm -hmm. like to be pursued and so the father um, 
can create an atmosphere where he pursues her, but he also he allows her to pursue him, and she's comfortable, and he's comfortable with it as well. And that can take on a lot of different type of images or environments or opportunities on a practical basis. I think that, that that's a great point, and it kind of leads in to my next question of how, how does a father know when to just listen to a daughter and when to fix it? Because I think a lot of dads are, are pretty task-oriented and they, want, they see a problem and they want to fix it. Yeah. But daughters don't always work that way. So how does a dad know when to just be quiet and let her talk? Well, I think there are several components involved in that. One is the fact that men are oriented in our culture toward performance, success, and which often means you're supposed to do this and this is how you do it, and if you don't, then you failed or you need to do it better. Uh, whereas um, women uh, tend to be more helping, uh, serving, communicative and one of the things that I learned as a uh, father by the way I recommend that all fathers have at least three daughters <laughs> uh, because uh, probably by the time you get to the second you've learned a lot and by the time you get to the third you finally know what you're doing <laughs> And so it takes, it takes a while to figure it out. But it doesn't take a Ph.D. in psychology uh, to learn how to communicate. I'm thinking of that uh, YouTube video where the father is listening to his daughter and he's trying to learn how to uh, give her empathy. And he's listening to her and she's explaining how she feels but she has a nail stuck in her head, and the father wants to fix the nail in the head, but he's trying to listen to how awful she feels at the same time. So he tries to give empathy, but then he brings attention to the nail right. in the head. So knowing how to communicate and give empathy, and normally there are several components to that, and it may be too there may be too elaborate to go into on uh, your uh, podcast, but uh, I call it the craft of arc. But arc is active listening and clarifying uh, and summarizing, reflecting feelings, and then adding empathy. Mm -hmm. But empathy is not sympathy. Sympathy is I know what you've gone through because I go through the same thing. Empathy is I can feel your pain. Mm -hmm. And the only way to get to empathy is to look into somebody's eyes. You look into their eyes until you can see the back of their eyeballs. And you don't take your eyes off them and you just listen. And then you reflect back to them what they feel as much as you're able. So, I mean, it sounds kind of uh, passe, ridiculous to say, so what I hear you saying is, but the important thing is that it actually works. Yes. 
Okay, they will listen, they will respond. Would you like me to give you an illustration? Mm, okay, yeah. Okay. For example, uh, you, Alice, uh, when you were about mm, 15, you were had gone to bed and you were in your bed crying, boo-hooing uncontrollably. <laughs> and, uh, As most 15-year-old girls do. Yes. And so I went in and sat down on the side of the bed and I asked what was going on and you were saying, oh, life is falling apart. It's terrible. I can't believe it. This has happened. This is... So you were giving this long litany of all the horrible things that had happened in your life, either in that week or that day. So I listened and I reflect. I said, you really must be going through a hard time right now. It's so difficult to be where you are and to have to face all this. So I didn't try to solve anything. Right. I right. was just reflecting how you felt. So having calmed down a little bit, I left the room. And then in about mm, maybe five minutes, you were out of the room, and you were okay. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> yeah. So it was just a matter of knowing how to listen. And one of the things that I find is helpful uh, as a counselor when I'm working with families, fathers, is actually training them how to uh listen and to get to empathetic communication without condescending and without trying to fix the, uh, the person. Most people can fix their problems, yeah. but they have to have somebody who loves them, respects them, and will listen to them no matter what they're going through and not make a judgment about what they're going through right yeah and i think that i think that the timing of it is what's so important that when a daughter specifically a daughter in the heat of the moment that's not the time to try to fix it she's not hearing it she just needs somebody to vent to and just somebody to know that somebody hears me and yes. I think that that's what I appreciated. I can I can truly say I feel that from you, that I felt like you could slow down and have patience with me to give me the space to have emotions. Yes. And that was very grateful, yeah. Yeah. So how do you, how would a dad, how would you recommend that a dad show his daughter that he loves her? Because I think that's another thing that a lot of dads struggle with, especially as daughters get older and start developing and maturing physically, but emotionally too. I think a lot of dads maybe were very involved at the young age where they could pick a daughter up and they could throw her around and that kind of thing. But as she gets older, a lot of dads feel uncomfortable with how do I show my daughter that I still love her but I'm appropriate about it. I'm not sure I know what you're asking, but if I think uh, what you're asking is that when a daughter begins to reach pre-adolescence, adolescence, and they begin to mature physically as well as emotionally, then how does a dad relate to her? Yes. Well, 
Um, for one thing, I think it actually starts when they are younger, assuming that they have a good relationship, an affirmative relationship, loving, kind. He's been there for her, and he has um, uh, communicated. He's thrown her around. He's played with her. But then when she gets older, a father, because he is a male and because his daughter is getting older and maturing, he does have to step back. And so he can't tickle her in the same places and he can't do and uh, hug in the same way so that a lot of things change, but the love doesn't have to change and he can still communicate that level of affirmation and love. In some ways, it's giving her permission to be the initiator where she demonstrates that it's okay for him to love her, to be close to her, and for him uh, not to intrude into her space. And sometimes that might mean just coming and sitting on the bed and talking with her, or say in our case, where um, there may not be the same level of hugging and touching uh, when you would get out of school, you would come to my office and we would go to a five and dime or to a fountain and just let you talk. And that provided an atmosphere of a level of connection that related to where you were at that time. I didn't try to fix anything, but just allowed you to vent and to talk, and that seemed to be uh, a way to connect. Yeah, and I think I appreciated those those dates that, that you and I would go on because I also knew that that was a time period that I wasn't going to get in trouble for anything, (laughs) that I didn't have to worry about us talking about my grades or the chores that I haven't done or anything like that. And so to me, those were safe times that we could talk. I knew that those other conversations would be had at some point, but I could rest during those specific times knowing that it was just there for us to hang out. Yeah. And that was very, it was very kind and it was very safe. Yes. I will say too, I think that in answering this question, coming from a daughter's perspective, I appreciated and I knew that I was loved by the gestures that you would do that were not even outright. You know, I mean, it wasn't even a verbal, I love you. But like I used to do a lot of plays and theater growing up. And I remember every time after I had a, 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 performance that I would come home and there would be a rose on my pillow yes. and it was always from you. And I always appreciated that. I loved mama. My mom would always turn my bed back and get the bed ready for me. And then you would always put a rose on my pillow. And it was those kind of things, whether it was showing up to a tennis match and just watching or the rose on the pillow, or sometimes you would send me a card in the mail and I would get a random card even though we live in the same house I would get a card in the mail it was things like that that I think were helpful in helping me know that you loved me even though our relationship looked a little different I think that that's true and that reminded me 
when I was out of town and I was doing some graduate work and you were still in high school and you had a tennis match, I would drive for a couple of hours just to sit in the stands and to watch you play tennis and then have to drive back. Or if I were out of town or you were out of town and in college, to drive to your college room and to leave a valentine with flowers and uh, candy and just put them at your door and leave so that it was still a communication of love that was an appropriate, that it was a different kind of touching. So that touching involves more than just physicality. Correct. So we we started kind of going down the path and so I'm gonna bring us back to that place of the times that I did need to be corrected and I did need to have discipline. As a dad, how do you discipline a girl? Well, you don't kill her. <laughs> um, and so uh, usually you have to sit and you try to explain ahead of time the reason that she's being disciplined, which sometimes is irrelevant. Uh, that is, your explanation is irrelevant. And... Um, Sometimes that may be um, uh, later on I used more of things like a behavioral contract or logical, rational uh, and logical consequences, um, natural and logical consequences that seem to work. Um, And also communication seemed to work if there was empathy and understanding without making the child feel stupid or you're talking down to them. If you show respect, children, even uh, teenage children, will admire authority. Uh, Not authoritarianism, uh, nor peer-like parenting, nor just giving in to everything. But authority is that you are the father and you're willing to listen and you are able to make um, difficult decisions but you stay connected at the same time. So that might take us down another... Yeah, I was just going to say, okay, let's go there then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Avenue altogether so that I think as long as you respect and admire uh, and adore, if, a, if, a, if a, a woman feels, I don't care if they're little girls, what, what do little girls do? They dress up. Why do they dress up? Why do they have tea parties? They want to be adored, yeah. okay? And I've never met a woman who did not want to be adored. Yeah. And so when they're teenagers, no matter where, they still want to be adored. They might ignore you, and they might resist you, but they still like it. And so that's still important to them, to give them that affirmation. If there's something negative, and sometimes there is, because I was certainly not perfect like teaching you to drive. Um, (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) And uh, that was scary. (laughs) 
um, before we would pull out of the driveway, you would say to me, don't yell at me and don't laugh, laugh at, at me. me. <laughs> I remember. That's because you would laugh at me every time oh, I would mess up, and I hated it. Was it. Very, yeah, it was very rude. Uh, and so having the grace to be able to apologize to your children is true humility when you have been wrong. And uh, I've had the opportunity to go around. I have three daughters and go around and apologize to all of them for um, anything that I could think of or that I couldn't think of, but that they could think of, <laughs> um, where I missed the mark. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of clearing the slate and where you make amends and you make sure that forgiveness and reconciliation take place in later on in adulthood, even when there have been mistakes in early childhood. Yeah. So that leads me to this. Are there things that you wish that you could have a do-over on? Or are there things that you wish that you could do differently as a dad? On the one hand, I think that that could be a shaming question hmm. uh, because it assumes that the dad was incompetent and he should have done things differently. Uh, but most dads do the best they can. Yeah. Uh, they are also either the um, those who inherit or who are perhaps victims of their own uh, parental, uh, their own childhood and the parenting that they receive. So in some ways they're passing things on. And so to suggest that they would do things differently would could be shaming. Um, but on the other hand, if one is mature enough and a dad is mature enough, I think that he would be a fool not to recognize that there are certainly things that he would do differently had he a do-over. Um, but I believe that God has a purpose in everything. And the reason that we are here where we are at a point in life is because God has led us uh, there's a prayer in the Anglican prayer book that says, O mea culpa, uh, my mistakes. Um, accepting my mistakes and defects uh, is also a blessing. If you have the humility to accept them and you look back on them and you embrace them and you teach your children to embrace them as well. Yeah. So what kind of parting advice would you give for the dads out there who are in the thick of raising daughters? What advice would you give? Well, other than the typical advice of loving, I think the primary thing is to spend, um, I have a whole list of things, by the way. <laughs> 
that doesn't uh, shock I have me. done conferences uh, all around, including um, in different countries on child rearing. And so it's kind of hard to summarize things <laughs> in just one, a few words. But I would say uh, other than love itself and what that means, that is, in the different types of love, to demonstrate the different types of love, I think that if a uh, father learns how to communicate uh, by using uh, either the speaker-listener, which is another method, uh, and particularly empathetic communication, where he's able to get into the world of his daughter, whether she is four, a four-year-old girl has issues that she will talk to you about, but you have to get down on the floor. She will put her hands on your face to make sure that you are looking at her, and then you let her talk and you understand. And then when she gets older, you're doing the same thing. You're giving her attention and empathy and understanding and if you're able to get in to her world to feel her pain and what's going on with her then you know that you have established a father daughter relationship in the same way that God feels our pain when we go through suffering and hardship. Yeah. So we are just extending that same uh, emotive connection. And the surprising thing is that you receive it back mm. from the very person that you supposedly are giving it to, mm. and they give it to you. Mm -hmm. You can learn a lot from your daughters if you're willing to learn. Mm. Daddy, thank you so much for joining me today. I can't tell you what a what a joy and a privilege it is to to have this just personally, but I, I hope that it's also beneficial for those out there who are still raising daughters. And I, I hope that it's a comfort that even if your relationship with your daughter um, is not where you want it to be today, I, I pray and I hope that you will continue to pursue that relationship um, like, like you said, the same way that Christ continues to pursue us. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you being here. Come back the next time for another episode of Ask Alice. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ask Alice with Alice Chernock, part of the Rooted family of podcasts. For more grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated resources, be sure to visit www.rootedministry.com. As always, a special thanks to High Street Hymns for the music on this podcast. This podcast is made available for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide specific therapeutic advice. The views expressed are the personal perspectives of the author and do not represent the views of all counselors or the counseling profession. This podcast does not create a counselor-client relationship and should not be used as a substitute for competent therapeutic counsel from a licensed professional in your state.